Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today, we're going to talk very quickly about uh, that great game between Alabama and Georgia. And I want to take a minute out of respect for black people and respect for the athletes and their families uh, to make you just distinctly aware of how much money the NCAA is making off of black people. Now, this is not me complaining about the sport. I love the sport. But I, I got to take a moment to represent my people, whether uh, some people like it or not. And uh, I'm going to break down for you exactly how much money they made off of your black ass. So get comfortable. Buck up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, uh, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that you are black first. Black first means that you put your community at the top of the priority list. Black first means you want your kids to be educated. Black first means that you will stand up for your community whenever it's appropriate. Uh, and if you agree with this philosophy, put a hashtag B in the number one of the chat hashtag B1. Now, first of all, let me start off as a football fan and ask y'all, how many of y'all, give me a yes or no, how many of you saw that great game between Alabama and Georgia? Give me a yes in the chat if you saw the game. It was a great game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I am a big, big, big football fan. Uh, I, I I didn't, I, I predicted Georgia would come back and kind of, you know, fight with a vengeance because I saw that first game where Alabama pretty much mopped the floor with them. And I said, I really feel like Georgia has something to prove, and I really feel like Georgia is going to come out on top. And uh, my wife is was born in Alabama, so that created some tension in our house. And then I'm an Ohio State fan, so you know my team just kind of got whooped uh, a little bit early. But they had a good season; they they won a Rose Bowl, so it was it was nice. It was, it was okay. Anyway, okay. So uh, some of you are football fans, some of you are not. But uh, I assume you're all fans of black people. So everybody who's a fan of the black community, raise your hand. I don't care if you're a football fan or a basketball fan or a no sports fan. But how many of you are fans of black people? Give me a yes in the chat. Uh, and if you are fans of black people, then uh, I hope you will hear me on this topic uh, because I want to make sure that this point is heard. Uh, you don't have to agree with me. I've never told anybody you have to agree with me on this platform. All I want you to do is hear me out. Okay, so can we agree that you're going to just hear me out on this uh, on, on this issue? Give me a yes in the chat if, if, if I can say this and still be loved because I know that some people get mad when you blow their high. Uh, but unfortunately, the truth does not care about how comfortable you are in the midst of, of, of bullshit. Uh, the truth only cares about being truthful. So I'm going to be truthful with you right quick uh, about something about the NCAA that still bothers me, even though I am a fan of college sports. Uh, I've been a sports fan since I was a little kid. I cannot, in good conscience, as a black man who understands economics as well as I do, sit and uh, not say something very quickly or to give you data and information that will help you understand just how much the NCAA is literally but butt fucking the entire black community. I didn't mean to say it like that, but I just had to be honest. Y'all know me. I got to just let it out. They are screwing black people big time. Uh, and uh, and and I really think that this picture, some people got really mad. I put it up on my Instagram and uh, they thought I was just throwing salt on the game. But but I got it. But I know I know everybody's comfortable in, in, in the nonsense. But let me show you. There was a picture I found uh, somewhere online. Let me see if I can find it. It was a picture of uh, of the Georgia coach. I forgot his name. Somebody say his name in the chat. Uh, he, he's a white guy. I can't remember his name. Um, and, uh, and he was riding on the back of one of his black players. And I, here we go. Here's the picture, right? This is, this is the picture I put on my Instagram. People got really mad. And, uh, and it's this big, big 300 pound black man 
literally bent over carrying this white coach on his back, right? And uh, and I at the top, I just wrote a couple, one quick sentence. And the sentence was related to the book that we've been studying every Wednesday night. And I, I don't have it in front of me, but the book is called Black Labor, White Wealth. Black Labor, White Wealth. And I thought that that picture was the most appropriate way for me to basically point out just to make sure we don't forget that whenever you're sitting around and you're hearing studies that tell you that black wealth is declining, well, this is part of the reason why. Uh, whenever you hear studies about, you know, the fact that the hood is torn down, broken down, you know, no businesses in the hood, well, this is part of the reason why. Whenever you hear about all the economic trauma, give me a yes in the chat if you uh, went through some form of economic trauma as a kid. Give me say say yes in the chat if you grew up poor. Everybody who grew up poor, say yes in the chat. Uh, everybody who ever had to go work for a white man who didn't respect you. Uh, say yes in the chat. I just felt the pain of that. Uh, everybody who's ever known what it's like to have to rub two nickels together in order to pay the bills, uh, put a yes in the chat. Anybody who's a, that's called trauma. That's economic trauma. You've experienced economic trauma and trauma has a real effect on the brain. So if you want to know the source of a lot of the economic trauma, well, this is part of it. Uh, let me just give you some stats and data so we can kind of get past this. Because I know people, people, this is not a comfortable conversation. This is not a fun discussion. I'm a sports fan, right? I, I love watching these brothers play. I, the guys at Alabama, Thoroughbreds, that running back, my God, I loved him. He was so patient and disciplined. Robinson, that's his name. He waited four years to get a chance to play. I can't imagine being that good and having to sit on the bench for for three or, what, three or four years or something crazy like that. That's, that's nuts. I hope he has a great long career. God bless him, right? Uh, but here's the thing, right? When I watch that game, I sit here and, you know, again, as an advocate for black wealth, I kind of sit back and I say, okay, who's getting paid off of this? You know, when I saw Deion Sanders uh, stealing stealing recruits from Florida State, stealing, right? And, I, and, and you know, I love I loved the way Deion responded when, when they got on him, when they got mad because he was, taking, he was taking Florida State's recruits. He was taking their recruits. He said, I didn't steal anybody. Like, he doesn't own – nobody owns – nobody owns this guy. Like, Florida State does not own him, right? He's not a piece of property. This ain't slavery, y'all. This ain't 18, 1824. I, uh, I, I, I like that, right? And now here's the thing about college sports. Uh, for the superstars, I don't feel too sorry for them, right? It's like an apprenticeship, right? You put in your years, you put in three, four years. You do like Bryce Young. Thank you, Derek Lee, who's going to go out and make a trillion dollars once he goes to the NFL. He's going to get a big contract. That running back is extremely good for Alabama. There are some receivers and defensive backs and linemen that are going to do extremely well. But here's the deal. Here's the thing you got to understand about college sports. Most of those guys do not go pro. Most of those guys do not go pro. Do you understand me? Give me a yes in the chat if you understand me when I say most of those guys do not go pro. Uh, what a lot of those guys do, and I see it all. I saw it all the time. Remember, I, I taught at the University of Kentucky where basketball is God. I taught at Ohio State University where football is the other God. I taught at Syracuse University where basketball is big. They're not really that good at anything anymore, I, I think. Uh, but but I've, I've, been in, I've been in the middle of big-time college sports. I've had athletes in my class. I've seen athletes fail my class because they could not come to class because they were being dragged away to football practice. These are professional athletes. These are professional athletes. These are professional athletes. And the thing is that these professional athletes never get a chance to, uh, most of them never get a chance to make any money playing sports. The, you, sure, you see the guys in the top, right? And that's great. But, but there are a lot of guys who work extremely hard, who are very, very talented, uh, some of whom sustain lifetime injuries, who never, who never make hardly anything playing their sport. Now, who, who get, who's guaranteed? Who gets the guaranteed contract? Well, it's the coaches. 
It's the coaches, right? So when I look at pictures like this, right, and, and if you're on Instagram, you won't see it, but I'll describe it. I see a picture of Nick Saban, who seems like a pretty good guy. He's a great coach. Um, I don't have anything against the guy, but he's surrounded by these big buck black dudes, right? Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. When you watch Alabama football play or you watch a basketball football game, are you watching the game so you can watch Nick Saban? How many of you are watching the game so you can see Nick Saban? And how many of you are watching the game so you can see the players? Which Who are you playing? Answer in the chat. Uh, say Saban or say players. Say Saban if you're watching the game so you can watch Nick Saban's uh, butt walk up and down the sidelines or players if you're actually turning on to watch those players, most of whom are black, go out there and put their lives on the line to play the sport. Right? Uh, well, I watch the game for the players. I've never watched the game to see the coach. So, uh, so the, the logical argument has always been very basic. If the players are doing the labor, why aren't the players the ones getting the bulk of the money? Uh, and uh, and it's and the, the the disparities are 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 just unbelievable. Uh, here's a list of the highest paid college football coaches uh, in America. Uh, let's see, number one, I think Nick Saban is number one. I can't even read the list because I, I so I got to actually pull it up in a different way because I so I can see it a little bit better. I'm gonna take it down. I'm just gonna read it to you so you guys will just um, so you can hear what the numbers are. So let me see. Give me one second. Give me one second. I got I got it on my computer. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up. Share subscribe button. If you haven't done it yet. Now, again, this is a conversation for people that really want to hear, you know, understand what's going on. Um, some people get so excited about sports that they just don't care. They don't care who's getting mo- the money and all that. But the money's real. The NCAA makes 18.9, made $18.9 billion last year, I believe, something like that. 18 or $19 billion. A vast majority of that was due to black labor. Do you all understand that? Do you all understand that when they made that $18 billion? I mean, do you all think, I don't know, do you think the black community has $18 billion to donate to white people? Do you think white people need $18 billion donations from black people every single year? What do you think? So the highest paid coaches in America, according to this list, I think this might be an old list, but they got Nick Saban at the top of the list at $9.7 million. Uh, the LSU coach at, uh, at $9 million. Stanford's coach at $8.9 million. Uh, Dabble Sweeney at Clemson makes 8.3. I know th- I think this might be an old list because I think the University of Michigan coach was making well over 10 million. And uh, and then the Georgia coach is down here at number eight, making $7 million a year. Kirby, Kirby Smart, I think that's his name. And so the thing that's interesting about this is that, you know, if, if, you, if you don't see the racial issue, then you're probably accustomed to seeing black people uh, put at the back of the bus. Like you're so used to white people getting all the rewards and black people getting nothing that it doesn't bother you. You just say, look, hey, it's fun. Sports are 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 exciting. They're they're kids. They don't deserve the money. If they got the money, they'd waste it anyway. Or they or they're getting a free education. That's the argument that I've seen. And I and I I'm the first one to tell you education is valuable. I was a college professor. I taught athletes. I taught many of them. And I saw what they went through. I saw them getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I saw them being treated the same way they would be treated if they played for the Buffalo Bills or the Dallas Cowboys. They were professional athletes. They had to monitor what they ate. They had to go to practice two or three times a day. They had to go to all these team meetings. They had a lot of pressure on them. And I remember that when I was in college, my first thought about that was I said, man, I used to really want to be a college athlete. I'm so glad I didn't get a scholarship because they ruin your ability to ever really get an education. They don't care if you get an education. You got guys that graduate from some of these football programs that can't even read. Did y'all know that? There's literally, there was literally, I remember somebody was telling me about a guy. He, he was at University of Tennessee. He said, he said, a lot of the players that uh, I work with can't even spell the word Tennessee. And they, and they, uh, they graduated. They had a degree in their hand. They can't even spell the word Tennessee. Right. Uh, and so here's the, here's the deal with the NCAA. And this is this is something that, you know, for those of you that care, some of you don't care. Some of you just, you know, screw the black, screw the athletes. 
fuck them, you know, and it's fine. It's your right to believe that. I'm not going to argue with you about that. I think if, if this is not an issue for you, then I totally get it. That's totally fine. I don't know if you'd want that done to you. Uh, if you were out, if you went out and made a movie and the movie made, you know, a hundred million dollars and they gave you like 10,000 bucks, uh, you might be upset. If you went out and you became a lawyer and you worked and you won a, a $5 million case and they paid you $5,000, you'd probably be upset. I don't know how many of you would be upset if that happened to you. Uh, or if you went and you took, did whatever you do, whatever you do, if you work at UPS and you worked uh, 80 hours in a week and they paid you a dollar an hour, how would you feel? Would you be upset or would you not care? And especially if you're sitting there watching somebody else making millions of dollars from exactly what you just did. Like, I mean, process this for a minute. You know, we, we, we talk about it. You talk about racism in theory, but you don't understand that this is all around you. This is why you miss it. You miss it because it's all around you. The writing's all over the wall. Black history is everywhere. It's all around you. It's not something in the past. It's now. It's today. Why do you think white people have all the wealth in this damn country? Well, because of things like this. This is it. This is a great example. I mean, imagine that $18 billion was going into the black community and, and rebuilding hoods. And, and uh, you know, and I remember some of the stories that used to make me sad was I remember there was one player who um, who said that his mother could not. He was in the national championship game and the school got a $20 million bonus because they won the national championship. So the school got a $20 million bonus. His coach had uh, three houses, three, three mansions uh, and a yacht and a private jet. So the coach flies his family in on a private jet. They all get to come to the national championship game to watch this black guy play. Uh, his mother could not come to the game because his mother could not get off work and she could not afford a Greyhound bus ticket all the way from California to Louisiana. This is true story, real life, real life. Uh, Francisco Garcia, I remember a guy who played for the University of Louisville a few years ago. Now, he was one of the lucky ones. He went to the NBA and everything. Uh, you know, he, he his family was living in the projects the whole time he played college basketball. His brother gets killed in the hood, in the projects. And I was sitting there thinking, man, you know, with him making $20 million a year for this school, because every time he took them to the Final Four, they'd get a bonus. The University of Louisville basketball program was making, you know, $10, $15, 20000000 million a year off the athletes. And I said, they even gave him a fraction of what he was bringing to that program by being the star of that team. His mother wouldn't have to live in the projects and his brother wouldn't have gotten killed. Like, so this has real implications on real people's lives. So ultimately, um, the, with the NCAA not paying the athletes, it has huge racial implications because uh, I guarantee you, uh, if you look at Alabama, look at their coaching staff, look at their coaching staff. I bet you you're going to you, you see Nick Saban, the white guy surrounded by a bunch of black people. So it's a it's a goddamn plantation. That's what it's a it's a plantation. It's like it was one white guy in the middle with a bunch of black guys around. These 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 junior assistants are, are getting paid, you know, whatever they're getting paid. The athletes aren't getting paid at all. The athletes are getting brain damage. The athletes are getting lifetime injuries. Some of the athletes uh, are going home to devastated communities. Uh, Nick Saban's family does not have to live in that. So ultimately, when you talk about all this, um, you know, sure, you could say, well, yeah, well, the parents are choosing to send their kids to these schools. And I get that. That makes perfect sense to say that. But remember, in the United States, we have something called labor rights. You, you, what you don't understand is that if I were to change the laws in your industry, like if you work at, uh, let's say you work at, uh, uh, let's say you work at UPS. If I were to change the labor laws and I said, everybody who works at UPS, um, you know, uh, can, or, or any, or UPS or FedEx or any company in that industry, it can't make more than $10 an hour. And so that means if you leave UPS to go to work at FedEx, um, you're going to make $10 an hour. If you leave FedEx to go work at the postal service, you're going to get $10 an hour. I could artificially restrict what you're able to make from your job, what you are, are able to make from your craft, right? So you can actually create laws where you don't protect labor rights. 
or you allow certain things to be done to certain groups of people. So in the United States, what's interesting is that um, the way they restrict the labor rights for basketball and football players, they don't do that to tennis players that who are mostly white. They don't do that to hockey players who are mostly white. They don't do that to baseball players who are mostly white. And the reason is because black labor, white wealth, it goes all the way back to um, it goes all the way back to um, to slavery. It goes back to this idea that the United States became very wealthy from the fact that they became extremely accustomed to making the bulk of their wealth from black labor. That, that's just what it was. Now, um, moving on with that, the other piece of that, too. The, so, so there are three key ways that they're harming the black athletes, unfortunately. One is, uh, you know, through the racism of, you know, Nick Saban, the white guy making all this money. I'm sure there's been plenty of stars in Alabama who tried to come back and become head coach who were never given the opportunity. Uh, when even Deion Sanders, the greatest player in the history of Florida State, tried to go back to Florida State, he wanted to be a head coach. They didn't want him to be a head coach. Now he's down at Jackson State st- stealing Florida State players, and they're pissed off about it. But, you know, I, I say, number one, you, you should have hired the guy. But then number two, <clears throat> you know, again, the plantation theory. That's what I'm laying out there for you guys. And then the, the second piece is um, there is so there's the economic issue. There's the educational issue. When these guys go to school, uh, as a college professor who taught athletes in my classes all the time, I can tell you that the student athletes had a very hard time getting an education. I had a big argument <clears throat> with a football coach at Syracuse. Uh, when they had their little weak ass mediocre football team uh, at the time, and I remember this guy, they kept taking him out of my class every week. Every week he wasn't coming. He, he, they, they would email me. It wasn't him. This guy would email me and say, um, "You know, he won't be in class this week because he has to get ready for a big game." And I was like, "I don't give a fuck. I, I don't care about this big game." But I mean, I like sports, but I'm a grown ass man. There's a time for sports and there's a time for learning. This black man needs to be in class learning. And I, and what they do is. They just took him out of my class. They just, you know, when they saw that I was advocating for him to actually get an education. And I said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I said, he's a student athlete. He's not a professional athlete. He should. Academics are supposed to come first. His parents did not just send him here to learn how to play football. He's not going to the NFL. I know what a good NFL player looks like. He ain't one of them. Y'all, your team is four and six or whatever they were. Like, what makes you think this kid's going to the NFL why do you have why do you have him throwing away his education? He's going to flunk my class. I'm going to have to make his life miserable. And you're doing it because you're making him think that sports is more important than his academics. What is wrong with me saying that? Why is, is, is me saying that? Pay attention now. Listen to me. Listen. Why is it odd when a black man stands up for another black man and says, no, I want this black man to be educated. I don't need him out here playing sports until after he, he gets his education. You know, seriously, because his education is what's going to matter when he becomes a husband and a father. His education is what's going to matter when he's out in this world trying to hustle, trying to get a dollar to feed his goddamn kids. Throwing a football ain't never put no food in no kid's mouth for 99.9% of the population. Seriously, so why in the hell you got these young guys putting more energy into sports and bullshit than into the things that are going to matter when they get older? Somebody tell me why I'm the crazy one when I bring that up. Why do why does everyone get quiet and say, oh, well, he's ruffling feathers. Oh, he's talking about black people actually reading and stuff. We we don't want that. We don't want Negroes reading. What, what, what's wrong with that? What, are you kidding me? Are you serious? I mean, what am I on? the? Was I born on the wrong planet? That's insanity to me. That is insanity. There is, sports are awesome. I love sports. My dream as a kid was to play for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I kid you not. 
I love basketball and I love football. Baseball bores me, but I like basketball and football, and I like a little bit of golf. Golf is fun. But God damn it, those are kids' games. Those are children's games. And why they got the black man trying to grow up and be a, a damn grown-ass child? That's your problem. That's why some of y'all out here, some of y'all women out here in your 30s, dating men 35 years old, still acting like a kid because they want, Malcolm X talked about this, they want the black man to either stay as a, as a little boy or a little girl. So the more childlike he is, the more they love him. And the more feminine he is, the more they love him. They cannot tolerate an intelligent, masculine, black male. That is exactly how they, you get pushed out of the room. That, that is a threat to everything that they believe in. That is a threat to their ability to milk you like a cow. They milk you for money. They milk you for votes. They milk you for everything that they could possibly get. And, and we got people that will fall for the sucker game every second of the week. So I understand. I got. I watched that whole game on the edge of my seat. It was a great game. I was really into it. I love college sports. But when it comes to me being a grown-ass man taking care of my family, I turn that TV off. And I focus on my wife and my children and being an adult. I, I'm not sitting around acting like this is real life. This is not real life for 99.9% .9 of all people. So we have to understand that. The, at, the, at the end of the day, also, another thing, too, pay attention. When you watch these games, I want you to watch with your eyes open, wait, economically woke. I need you to watch these games, and I need you to pay attention to how many corporate sponsors are in the damn game. And every time you hear them mention, oh, this is the the uh, this is the uh, the AT&T uh, uh, webcam that's going to be or the drone camera, the 5G AT&T drone cameras flying over the stadium. Uh, this is the 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 the, the Budweiser <laughs> scoreboard. This is the uh, the the all state halftime report. Whenever they mention the corporate sponsor when they're giving you something. That's a cha-ching. That's another couple million that got paid from one white guy to another white guy to say, let's watch the Negroes run. I'm go I'm not paying the horses. We're going to pay the jockeys. We're not going to pay you. We we're not going to pay the guys on the field. We're going to go pay Nick Saban. We're going to go pay the University of Alabama. I bet you if you go to University of Alabama, University of Georgia, I bet if you go into things like the biology department and, and the economics department, all that, they are, they're, they're mo hiring mostly white guys. They're hiring mostly white people. They're using that money for stuff that white people get to enjoy, right? This is a plantation. doesn't mean that sport ain't cool. It doesn't mean you can't cheer for the guys. I mean, I can cheer for them. I, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I can enjoy the sport and stand up for black people at the same time. I don't have to uh, walk away and or I don't have to walk out and kind of say <laughs> like, oh, well, well shoot. Then since, 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 I don't, since I don't agree with the economic system of sports, I'm not going to enjoy a game. No, I watch a good game. You can watch a game. That's fine. But after the game is over, you got to talk about the money. Grown Little kids will talk about the game all day. The grown men talk about the money. Because right now they're out there splitting $18 billion that they made off mostly black people. If it was not for the black athlete, they wouldn't have been able to make that kind of money because you see how extraordinary the black athlete is. That is a trillion dollar asset that you have in your community that is profiting other people. That is a trillion dollar asset. You have athletes like no other. We are the biggest and the strongest and the fastest. And, and I, you y'all know what it is. You watch sports. You see what we can do. There is no, seriously, ask me, give me a yes or no. Have you ever seen, I don't know, a, a who's the white LeBron James? Anybody ever seen the white LeBron James, like a white guy? Not, not, no disrespect. If you're white, I ain't trying to hurt your feelings. But seriously, have you ever seen a white LeBron? Have you ever seen a white Michael Jordan? 
who's the white Michael Jordan? Who's the white Shaquille O'Neal? Let's just talk about basketball. 300 pounds, seven foot one. Can, you know, I mean, go watch Shaq in his prime. Show me any white guy in history who has ever done what Shaquille O'Neal could do in his prime. Show me the white Kobe. Who's the white Kobe? There is none. It ain't Dirk Nowitzki. It ain't Larry Bird. <laughs> it ain't nothing. No, those are great players. I'm not saying they're not good. Luka Doncic, whatever they Great. Skill off the charts. But there's something about the black athlete physically where we have something special. And I believe it came from 400 years of surviving the most brutal form of slavery in the history of mankind. I think this is all genetic. This is a lot. Of, not all of it. Sorry. A lot of it is genetic. And then you add hard work on top of the genetics. We're going to win. The, uni- the next thing you know, you got the whole University of Alabama defense. All the, I bet all those guys run the 40-yard dash in, in 4.4, 4.5 seconds, the linebackers in, back, in the defensive backs. And, and I didn't see a single white guy on the University of Alabama defense. Maybe I missed one. Maybe there was one in there. Maybe the, maybe Brad or Kirk or or whatever, Billy Bob was in there somewhere. But I didn't. I don't know about y'all. I want y'all to go look at the University of Alabama defense. And then I want you to go look at the University of Georgia defense. And I want you to – let's do a Where's Waldo. Show me the white guy that was in there making tackles in the University of Alabama or University of Georgia defense. I didn't see him. Did, yes or no? Did anybody see any white guys on the defense of Alabama or Georgia? I didn't. Offense, yeah, I saw a couple. Defense, no, I didn't see him. So, so my point is not to disparage anybody. Uh, it's really to kind of say that you have something special with your athletes. Your athletes have a special set of talents. And there are people that make billions of dollars every year from black athletes. That's why when Deion Sanders went down and got those recruits to come to an HBCU, everybody was pissed. They said, wait a minute, shit. We're supposed to be making money off the Negroes, not the, not y'all. You Black people are not supposed to benefit from black labor. White people are supposed to benefit from black labor because that's the way it's been for 400 years. So to some extent, that's why it was so deep that Dion got those guys to go to an HBCU. So I think the next step of that, though, is to talk about labor rights and to really kind of understand, like, look, you can enjoy the game. You can you ain't got to think about it all night. It ain't got to keep you up at night. But I really encourage you to at least make sure you just don't forget, you know, like reparations. Like I don't really honestly I, I talk about reparations all the time, to be honest with you. These politicians are so pathetic. I don't think they're ever going to pay in my lifetime or yours. I just really don't believe it. they're not going to pay the way they should. They owe about fourteen trillion dollars in reparations. I don't think they're going to pay. But I but that doesn't mean I'm going to forget, right? So every time you ask me for my vote, I'm going to say, well, what about that reparations you owe? And then they say, oh, well, we we will get around it. Okay, well, I'll get around to voting for you once you get around to the reparations. But it's okay until then. Just get out of my face. Get out of my face. I'll get out of yours. So it's not like you have to walk around mad about it but I really think you should be aware of it and not accept second-class citizenship for yourself. Part of the reason that you get left behind as black people is partly because you, you accept it. You, you accept white supremacy. You are a white supremacist to some extent. How in the hell is it okay for you to sit there and watch Nick Saban and the other white guy, Kirby Smart, whatever his name is, make millions of dollars. And the big buck black people, the big strong six foot four, 250 pound black man who just ran into the damn end zone and damn near broke his neck is getting nothing or, or very little getting peanuts. How is how is that normal to you? How do you think? I mean, seriously, do you think that any other group would allow do you think Asians would allow black people to just literally like put a bunch of Asians on the field and, and where we collect all the money and they do the work for free? Like, do you think that? Do you think Asians would be okay? Do you think Jewish people would be okay with that? If black if black people are the only ones making the money? You think white folks would come work for us? Let you know, be our slaves, let they do all the work. <laughs> you know, they risk the brain damage and the paralysis, and we we get paid. 
You think they'd be okay with that? You think they sign up for a system like that? What y'all think? Since I, and that's what I say when people act like I'm overreacting. I say, okay, well, let's switch it up. Okay, since you th- since it's not a big deal, then then okay, well, you let let me keep all the money, and then you you do the work. You think Nick Saban? You think when Nick Saban went to Alabama, you think he would have you know agreed to work for free, and and let you know the athletes' families have all the money? What do you think? I mean, because I mean, he gets a free. Maybe they can give him a free scholarship or something. Give him free education. You and Nick, you and your whole family can go to school for free. You think you think the, you think he'd, he'd be okay with a deal like that? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He would scream bloody murder. But then after that, he would probably sue or he wouldn't take the job. He'd go do something different. Right. So ultimately, the reason that athletes can't do something different is because the NCAA is allowed to operate in a way that it would be illegal in any other industry. They're allowed to operate as a cartel. So the fact that they don't allow the universities to compete with one another for salary. And this is changing. Right. There are lawsuits that have been filed. It's been a long time coming. Um, I had a long conversation with a guy named Sonny Vaccaro. Sonny Vaccaro is a, is a he's a great guy. He's not he's not black, but he's a great guy. And he actually created the first Air Jordan shoe. He was a guy that came up with the idea of giving Michael Jordan his own shoe. And Sonny and I talked for a long time and he told me about the, the work he was doing as far as filing lawsuits on behalf of athletes because he saw how much money was being made off these guys. And, uh, and and progress is being made. There are some places where athletes are starting to be compensated or at least have use of their own image and their own likeness, which I think is great. Um, and I think but I think there's still more to be done. Right. So ultimately, I think that in this game, what just was on my mind, I wanted to talk about it. And I knew it wasn't going to be comfortable for some people because, you know, some people are high are off the high of the championship. And I and I think you should be very happy about that. If you're from Georgia, congratulations. I think that's awesome. If you're from Alabama, I'm sorry about what happened. I mean, you, you'll probably win one next year. Um, but at the end of the day, Day, uh, if you want to know where the black wealth is going, you got to look at systematic racism, which is systems that are designed to racially discriminate or racial or create racial apartheid uh, based on economics. So one of those systems uh, is the NCAA. The NCAA is one of those systems in which the wealth goes into the hands of the mostly white guys, white institutions, etc. And the black athletes are the ones who are doing uh, all the labor. They're doing most of the work. So anyway, that's my two cents on the issue. I'm out. By the way, guys, uh, if you're interested in things like generational wealth and all that, we're having a, a generational wealth conference uh, in the Black Business School this weekend. Literally, we've got a whole team of experts that are going to cover everything from uh, from wealth building tax strategies, uh, how to get started with stock options, um, how to buy real estate. Julian Gordon is coming in. He's a great real estate expert. Uh, we've got uh, the, the Black Family Wealth Plan, how to be your own family bank. Uh, it's basically all about those who want to create generational wealth. So literally everything you want to know about generational wealth that's happening this weekend, it's all digital. It's virtual. You can join us. You can go to generationalwealthconference.com. That's generationalwealthconference.com. I'll type on the screen so you can see it. Uh, generationalwealthconference.com. All right. So I'm going to put it on the screen so you guys can can see uh, what it is. Uh, give me a second here. Okay. Uh, crap. There we go. Generationalwealthconference.com. I'll type it up there so you can see it. All right, so if you'd like to join, uh, feel free to join us. And I'm going to get out of here. And uh, have a good night, everybody. It was good talking to you. God bless you. See you soon. Peace.